0: Jaisi Krishna, Nityananda, Shiva So for the last few weeks we've been discussing uh, a little bit of Shiksastika on a word-for-word basis, so we'll continue a little bit of that this evening, uh, going on to the second sloka, Nam Nam Bahuda Nija Sarva Shakti Chutarpita Niamita Kala Nakala Itadrishi Tavakripa Bhagavan Mamapi Dodaiva Nidrisami Hajani Nanuraga Nam Nam Bahuda Nija Sarva Shakti So Nam Nam of the holy names of the Lord. Akadi manifested Da various kinds, Nija Sarva Shakti, all kinds of personal potencies. Nam Nam, of the holy name of the Lord. The Lord's unlimited, and just as He's unlimited, He has unlimited names. And according to the way the living entity approaches the Supreme Lord, according his, to His conception of the Supreme Lord, He generally addresses the Lord in one of a myriad of different names. And there's actually religious practices that won't even... They think it's, it's uh, unorthodox to even say the name of God. It's so sacred. It's, it's so sacred, so holy, so pure. Who are we with our, in our condition to cry out the Lord's name. It's beyond our ability. We don't subscribe to that belief. We do understand the Lord has hundreds and millions of names just as he has hundreds and millions of, of spiritual attributes. So this, this line of the second shloka begins, Nam Nam Bahudani Bahudah Nam Nam of the holy names of the Lord Akari manifested Bahuda, various kinds, Nija Sarva Shaktish, all kinds of personal potencies. So we're, we understand that the Supreme Lord is above this plane of existence. He's ter- certainly transcendental to, our, to what we can perceive here with our limited mind and senses. The spiritual realm of existence, which is his transcendental playground, is is far different from our playground here, if you want to call it a playground. And in his transcendental realm, things are of a different nature. And one of the natures of that transcendental realm is in that realm, everything is spiritual. There's no tinge of matter in that transcendental realm. There's no ignorance. It's all pure. And there's a common terminology, isn't there, that the yoga community uses for that realm? Well. Satchitananda. It's eternal, it's full of knowledge, and it's full of bliss. So that spiritual realm is different from this realm, which is temporary, full of ignorance, and eh, it's a lot of misery on our plane. Not a lot of ananda, bliss. (laughs) This line of Siksastika by Sri Caitanya Mahaprabhu is giving us a glimpse into the transcendental realm. And the explanation is being given that in that realm... The name of an object and an object itself are non different. Now, to give you a little glimpse into that transcendental realm, there's a nice prayer by Lord Brahma. Lord Brahma is like the creator of the universe, the engineer, chief engineer. So, Chintamani Prakara Sadmasu, Kalpavriksha. Chintamani, Chintamani, in that transcendental realm, everything. Is wish fulfilling substance. Chintamani prakasatmasu. Kalpa vriksha. A kalpa vriksha is a transcendental tree which isn't limited in any way whatsoever. Imagine that spiritual realm where you can go up to a tree and whatever you desire is provided. That's the transcendental realm. So Lord Brahma gives us some glimpse into that transcendental realm where everything is spiritual touchstone. Everything. So we're in this line of Shiksastika we're given some indication that the name of the Supreme Lord and the Supreme Lord himself are non-different. Now, your name and my name on this plane is different from ourself. And the name for a substance on this plane is different from that substance. If I am in the desert without water, I I can... I I can cry out, water, 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 (laughs) and my thirst is not going to be quenched. In the spiritual realm, I can cry out water, and my thirst is immediately quenched. So similarly, on the transcendental realm, I can call out the names of the Lord, and he is immediately there. And his names are so potent and so powerful that even in this material realm of existence where we are, that transcendental potency descends. So when we cry out the names of God, he is immediately there. Unfortunately for us, we generally don't have transcendental senses we can only hear so much, see so much, smell, taste, feel. Our senses are limited on this plane. But by the pl- practice of purification, we can purify these, even these material senses. And the process of purification begins on this plane with these chanting of the names of the Lord. As we reviewed the first verse of Sostika the last few weeks, The potency is there in the holy name. The transcendental energy is there. The transcendental relief from all material suffering is there. It doesn't matter what your faith is, whatever faith you have in the Lord's name. And if you look at all the different religious faiths of the world, they all put a lot of emphasis on the name of the Lord, do they not? All of them. So they all know that there is some special potency there in God's name. So here we get a little bit more scientific. Nam Namakadi bahudani jisarve shaktish, nam Namakadi. In the names of the holy, of the Lord, in His holy names are all His potencies, non-different from Himself. Simply by associating with the lord through his holy name all of his potencies are available his power of protection his power of benediction like we read we went over last week the weeks before all those benedictions available from the holy name now in this verse lord shaitanya goes one step further does he not he gave seven primarily primary benedictions in the first sloka and in this verse what's he saying all your transcendental potencies all benedictions everything it's all there material, spiritual whatever, relief for material suffering or enjoyment of spiritual pleasure artha dharma karma Moksha, all material opulence, all these things are also in your holy name. So this verse is very significant. Your holy name alone can render all benedictions to living beings. Wow. Your holy, alone, no other, nothing else is required. Nothing. The Lord's name alone is that transcendentally potent. So, any questions on this section? We'll continue every week to go over in detail a little bit more and a little bit more of this sixostica. It's so important to understand that this, these prayers of the sixostica, in these prayers, is the complete process. Very compact, of course. We need to unpack complete process of pure devotional service. Are there any questions on what we just mentioned? We left off last week with uh, Krishna explaining happiness. How to be happy. What real happiness is. And what happiness is according to the modes of material nature. So this whole beginning of the 18th chapter, Krishna keeps... Explaining different aspects of knowledge and activity according to the modes of material nature. We're going to cover tonight starting on, uh, we ended up with verse 40 last week. So we'll start with 41, but for chanting, we're, we're going to go to verse 42. Peacefulness, self-control, austerity, purity, tolerance, honesty, knowledge, wisdom, and religiousness. These are the natural qualities by which the brahmanas work. Salakaya, janajanasalakaya, chakshuramilitanayena, tasmai shri-gurave-navaha, I was born in the darkness of ignorance, but my spiritual master has opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my most respectful obeisances unto him. So if you remember in the beginning of this chapter, Krishna made the point that if there was to be a choice between not doing anything and working according to your nature, and when we talk about not doing anything, we talk about sannyas, complete renunciation. And if you remember, we discussed pretty pretty extensively the fact that most mostly in human society at this point in time when you think of religious life you think of pulling yourself back from the world, divorcing yourself from the hustle and bustle of day-to-day activity and the involvement in, in worldly affairs. We see most, uh, most of who we would consider to be Uh, highly spiritual individuals take, take to that course of activity, do they not? Whether they be monks or priests or it doesn't matter what the tradition is, generally there's some divorcing from material activity. So Arjuna posed the question to Lord Krishna, he said, so could you explain what is renunciation and what is the renounced order of life? And and tell me which is better, to lock yourself away from worldly activity or to engage in worldly activity. And Krishna made it very clear at the beginning of the chapter that of those two choices, better that you engage in activities according to your natural propensity. But, without attachment to the fruits because that attachment to the fruits gets us entangled so if we can work in the world without attachments to the fruits then that's the best course of activities false renunciation generally speaking doesn't work might work for a few generally speaking very difficult false renunciation never works because it's false but renunciation generally is a very difficult course of activity for the embodied living entity so tonight Krishna is going to explain the the different natures of men that are within this world, and how the modes of material nature goodness, passion, and ignorance, how the modes of material nature affects the kinds of activities that those that we engage in. We'll begin on text forty one Brahmanas, kshatriyas, Vaishyas, and sudras are distinguished by the qualities born of their own natures in accordance with the material modes, O chastiser of the enemy. So uh, some explanation is ne- necessary. So Krishna is going to go o- on and he's going to explain what's the nature of these classes of men. In other words, what is, how, how do they conduct themselves in the world? What are the influences that, that have a, a bearing on their conduct? He begins with the brahmanas. Brahmanas means the saintly people, the intellectuals, the high grade people. And he begins with the verse we chanted tonight. Sama damas tapas These are their qualities. They're peaceful they're self control, they're austere, they have purity, tolerance, honesty, knowledge, wisdom, and religiousness. They're, these are the natural qualities by which the Brahmanas work. So these are the intellectuals, the spiritual leaders, the teachers, the education. These are generally people who have some some very fine qualities in their character, don't they? Politicians? Mm, I don't think so. Mm -mm. We'll go on to to the politicians. So, peacefulness, self-control, austerity, purity. These are all conducted by the mode of goodness. In this material world, there's three modes of material nature. Goodness, passion, and ignorance. Those people who are conducted primarily by the mode of goodness they are the brahmanas they are the people that lead society intellectually and spiritually now remember on this plane of existence none of these modes whether it's goodness passion or ignorance exist purely so the brahmanas the highest class of men as far as qualities go That's an important point. The highest class of men as far as their qualities of goodness. That does not necessarily mean they are the highest spiritual class of men, although generally that is the case. Remember, the mode of goodness is a great stepping off point for spiritual activity. But it's not always the case. It's not a restriction of us, on us, if we're conducted by one of the other modes. Does that make sense? Let's go on, and we'll make sense of that statement. Did you mean that they're not always the sannyasis? Ramanas are not always sannyasis? Is that what you're talking about? No. No? I'm talking about... As far as spiritual life goes, although the mode of goodness is generally more conducive to taking to spiritual life, that's not necessarily the case. So let's go on in the class and we'll. It's not a prerequisite. Read. Not a prerequisite. Good word. Yes, sir. Now, let's talk about the politicians. But really, we're talking about good politicians here heroism not the ones that a hero is a hero who goes out and leads in battle he doesn't sit back in his in an office and say you go do this no he's a hero like Caesar Yes. heroism, power determination, resourcefulness courage in battle generosity and leadership are the natural qualities of work For the kshatriyas, the administrators, the leaders of society, not the intellectual leaders. We're talking about the people that administer to the well-being of society at large. The kings, the government agents, and this is so hard for us now because we just don't have a good example hardly anywhere in the world. We look to the leaders of throughout the world's societies and what do we see? Corruption, Corruption, nepotism, I mean, you name it. These people could care less about us. They really could give a damn. That's unfortunate. But there is a time of man when those are not the predominating qualities. So therefore, Krishna is talking about proper leaders, not what we're experiencing today. What we're experiencing today, these are not kshatriyas. We're not talking about people that get into office and line their own pockets. And it's not just in our society, it's throughout the world at this point. It's not just that we're beating up on American politicians. Listen, go to any culture and you'll see time and again the leadership in this fallen age of mankind is corrupt and selfish and self-centered. It has no concern for the population. The kshatriyas are primarily in the mode of passion. Goodness and passion, these are their primary modes Moving on, farming, cow protection, and business are the natural work of the vices. And for the sudras, there is labor and service to others. The vices are the mercantile class. At this point in time, in this culture, most cultures, the vices are the predominant, predominant class. Today, most everybody's into business uh, or sudras common laborers, people that simply work under the direction of somebody else. They don't have a personal initiative. When we talk about these classes of men according to their character <laughs> and their characteristics, it is hard for us to find a point of references. reference in this age of man. The characteristic of this age, Kali Yuga, when men are short-lived, and full of quarrel and hypocrisy. That's the characteristic of men today. That's their character. So the statement is made in relationship to this age of men. Kalod sudra sambhava. In this age, everybody is sudra or less. Wow. That's a pretty heavy statement. To look out and not see these True characters, truthfulness, austerity, cleanliness, mercy, heroism, power, determination, resourcefulness, courage in battle. When we say Kalosudra Sambhava, everybody in this age is in the most fallen condition, that does not mean that from time to time. Some of of these good characteristics do not come to the surface. We're not going to say that there's no courage. There is some courage. Some of the young men that go to battle, they actually do have some courage. Some of the leaders and the intellectuals do actually have some of the characteristics of goodness. But as a general rule, those characteristics don't predominate they may rise up from time to time in other ages of men and remember generally in the material universe there's there's a cycle of time and the Veda gives us information that the cycle of time consists of four general ages of men Satya Yuga, Trada Yuga, Dwarpa Yuga, and Kali Yuga. And you can look at these allegorical to to the different seasons of the year. In Satya Yuga, everyone is, they live a hundred thousand years in one body. Imagine. They have all the mystic cities, they're perfect yogis, they have perfect control of their mind and senses. So much so that they can do things that we would consider magical. We would consider impossible. We won't go there because it's difficult for us to even comprehend. But that's available in Satya Yuga. That's the the golden age of mankind. Trady Yuga, lifespan lifespan decreases generally to 10,000 years still a long time in one body still a lot of perfection some of the characteristics of purity have fallen off at that time and it's basically understood that true dharma true dharma consists of truthfulness cleanliness austerity and mercy these are the true characteristics of religious life spiritual life, truthfulness cleanliness, austerity and mercy in every age, one of these falls off. The third age of man, lifespans decrease to a thousand years. Two of the character two of the characteristics have fallen off. And uh, in this age, we're lucky if we live a hundred years. Hardly any good characteristics. The only good character left is the truthfulness, maybe. A <laughs> little bit austerity, cleanliness and mercy? Mm, Nah. I mean, look at the culture. Culture. even, Even their eating habits. They eat at the expense of another living entity. These are not culture. This is not culture. This is not spiritual culture. So we're looking here in reviewing these verses where the Supreme Lord is discussing these divisions of mankind. It's somewhat difficult for us to get a frame of reference as to this. Remember, Krishna delivered this message to Arjuna 5,000 years ago at the end of Dwarpa Yuga. In 5,000 years, the degradation that we've already come to in Kali Yuga. Kali Yuga lasts for 432,000 years. We're only 5,000 years into it. So there's a lot to go. By the end of this age, mankind has degraded to such a point, it's it's difficult to even speak of of, of what mankind degrades to. Let's just say that we we in every way our stature is diminished, both physically and spiritually and religiously. So much so that to the end of this age, there's practically no no good qualities left. I mean, mankind gets so low. We've heard of cannibalism in certain cultures. At the end of this age, you will bear, you will you will impregnate a woman simply to have a meal. That's given. The Bhagawat discusses that. So it's very, very, very uh, hard for us to imagine. And it's are so hard for us to imagine these good qualities of Brahmins, satrias, vaishyas and Sudras. So let's go on, and let's put this in perspective. Krishna has a point he's trying to make here. By following his qualities of work, every man can become perfect. Now please hear from me how this can be done. Well, that's a pretty heavy statement. Just think about it. Every man can become perfect just by doing what comes naturally to him according to the birth that he has taken. Now it's explained by the Acharyas in, in giving us some commentary on these verses that when we take birth there is that birth is the consequence of our prior activities in the material world. And when we take birth, there are some scars, there are impressions that we bring from one gross material body to the next gross material body. The gross body, earth, water, fire, air, mind, intelligence, false ego. Ether is also gross, yes. Mind, intelligence, false ego. Mind, intelligence, and false ego carry us from one gross body to the next. When we go from one gross body to the next, we carry samskaras, impressions of what we wanted in life and what was most important to us. So we can see not all men are, are born with the same aspirations in life. In culture, look at any culture everybody has, a, has different, different aspirations some people want to be rich some people want to be famous some people want to be beautiful I mean there's so many different desires some people want to sing some people want to dance some people want to perform heart surgery so many different desires come to us with the material body those are some scars. those come with us they go from body to body So when we take birth, we bring along our baggage, those unfulfilled desires that we had, and they provide us with the facility. The next body provides us with facility to satisfy those desires. It also comes with the other side of it, doesn't it? We also come with those sinful reactions from our prior life. So therefore we can see in the world not everyone is born in the most ideal of circumstances. Some people come into life and the circumstances are not so ideal. They'll come in with some mental deformity, some physical deformity. They'll be born into a bad culture, into a bad environment where they're suffering from the beginning of life. By born into a neglectful family and a abusive family, all these things are also coming. So we bring not only the mental impressions of what we wanted to accomplish, we saw also bring in the reactions from our prior sinful activities, commonly known as karma. Karma, karma is just the laws of action and reaction on the level of our existence. Now we can easily accept the laws of action and reaction on the physical plane. We have many schools and universities and classes which go into the details of all the laws of action and reaction when we look at the material elements, don't we? We have our physics and our chemistry. All the great scientists, sciences of of education we have a harder time when it comes to applying those laws of action and reaction to our activities. That's because we, ne- we have a difficult time stepping back and looking what are these differences? Instead we get into some convoluted consciousness which simply is immersed in the plane of ignorance. Let me give you an example. Maybe you've heard this before. I cannot believe there's God because I cannot believe God would do that to somebody. You ever heard that? What God would allow children to die in a third world country? I can't believe in a God that would do that. What would God would allow my child to be born to form? what god this what god that i can and, and these people they actually are so unfortunate what, what do they have what do they resort to with that kind of a mentality atheism instead of seeing that the consequence the the the, the current life experiences that someone is subjected to are a consequence of their own prior activity God has nothing to do with it. He's given us the facility. He's given us the rope. Now how are you going to use the rope? Are you going to use the rope to climb a mountain? Or are you going to use the rope to hang yourself? He's given you facility. Now can you blame him when you misuse the facility? When instead of being an honest, straightforward person in the world, you become a thief. When instead of taking and being religiously married you become a rapist. And on and on. Where would it end? We could go on and on. When we misuse our independence and we have to suffer the consequences of our own activities is that God's fault? Oh, but it's just a little baby. Oh, well, if we don't have enough knowledge to see that one life leads to the next life and the law of samsara of repeated birth and death will continue to subject us to the pains and sufferings of material existence until we desire to end this kind of an existence and fully spiritualize ourselves and not take birth on this plane again, until we arrive at that level of consciousness, then again, that ignorance does not protect us from the miseries of material existence. So on to the point that Krishna is making. I won't get sidetracked. We're near the end. Maybe I will. You know my nature. Uh, by following... <laughs> By following his qualities of work, every man can become perfect. That's a powerful statement. By following his qualities, whether he be a Brahmin, intellectual, a Kshatriya, administrator, a fighter, a warrior, a laborer, or he be a business person or an agriculturalist who provides commodities and business services, banking services, No matter what his nature is, no matter what his activities in life are, he can still attain perfection. Krishna is reinforcing the point that he made at the beginning of the chapter. You don't have to be a sannyasa, you don't have to renounce everything to be a spiritualist. You can be perfect. How? What's he say? Now hear how it can be done. Well, let's hear. By worship of the Lord, who is the source of all beings and who is all-pervading, a man can attain perfection through performing his own work. It is better to engage in one's own occupation, even though one may perform it imperfectly, than to accept another's occupation and perform it perfectly. Duties prescribed according to one's nature are never affected by sinful reactions. Wow. Wow. Duties performed according to our own propensity, our own nature, do not lead to sinful reactions. Now this is the Supreme Lord himself giving this direction. There's a peanut gallery comment. I can see it coming now. Go ahead. I think I prefaced all this with the statement that these classes of men are administrated perfectly in a perfect age <laughs> of mankind. <Gotcha>. Okay? <laughs> Ms. Benmark, thank you. It's not a professional a profession in a human civilization. That's the point. If you have a civilization of men who choose to feed themselves by exploiting their lower brothers and sisters. Well, oh. so let's look at it. Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah. Am I better than the squirrel? or the? Huh? Just because I have a human body and it has a little body? Am I better than the cow? My intelligence may be higher, but am I, am I spiritually... Krishna's already explained spiritually every living entity is on the same level. The elephant, the dog, the dog eater, and the brahman. The spiritual, the intellectual. They're all living entities. We won't digress into that this evening. We have discussed that to some extent. This this is talking about Yes, we're talking about ideal society conducted under the supervision of our which entails proper administration by true brahmanas, spiritualists, transcendentalists, and true government and administrative uh, officials working under their direction for the upliftment of all sections of mankind. Maybe you should explain what it is a little different we the same but practically there, there is Bhagawan explains that there are 8,400,000 species of living entities there's 8 million bodies which aren't human what are those well I mean we, what do we have we have fish we have birds we have little creepy crawly things, snakes lizards, we have trees <coughs> and we have beasts human, human birth is very rare when you look out at the whole spectrum of bodies that we can be placed into according to our desires and what? Our karma. Uh, the human birth is very rare. So, spiritually we are all equal. We are all loke jiva bhuta Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita The living entities in this material world Vamayam soul, amsa Amsa, little, tiny, tiny particle of spiritual energy. Mamai, my, my particle, part of me. Every living entity is a part of the Supreme Lord. Mamai vamso jiva loke, jiva. Amsa, small, but with independence. Jiva loke. Mamai vamso jiva loke, jiva bhuta Sadatana. And they're eternal. I'm eternal those living entities are also eternal. The circumstances of birth in the material world, that's not eternal. So all living entities are equal on the spiritual level. So this point that Krishna is making here is so very important for us. Krishna is explaining that if we perform activities with consciousness of the Supreme Lord at every step, even if those activities are not perfect even if because of our nature because of the way we work now let's talk about what, would, what, what does that mean now let's say you're a Kshatriya and you have to go to war to protect the citizens of your land and in war what are you going to do well there's going to be a victorious party and there's going to be those that are defeated Those that are defeated are generally defeated. How? They're murdered on the battlefield. They're killed. So the kshatriya has no choice in doing his duty. He has to engage in killing. Krishna's saying here, there's no sinful reaction in that. Or let's say you're a businessman. Now let me tell you. In business, you've got to do something to make it work sometime. And sometimes, as... Bhaktivedanta Swami points out in the Purports, a businessman has to engage in the black market. And a businessman, generally in order to make a profit, he has to tell a lie. For you, my friend, I'm making no profit. What the hell you doing here? (laughs) Every businessman will say, I'm not making any profit. But the fact of the matter is, you have to make some profit, or why would you be in business? Black marketeering, a little bit of of uh, white lying are there. You consider that a sinful activity, wouldn't you? So it's natural for the businessman. The Sudra, the lowest class, they don't have very many good qualities. They're conducted by the mode of ignorance. So Krishna is making the point that if you work according to your nature and what? Yes. Text 46, by worship of the Lord, who is the source of all beings and who is all-pervading, a man can attain perfection through performing his own work. It is better to engage in one's own occupation, even though one may perform it imperfectly, than to accept another's occupation and perform it perfectly. Duties prescribed according to one's nature are never affected by sinful reactions. And when tonight on text 48, every endeavor is covered by some fault, just as fire is covered by smoke. Therefore, one should not give up the work born of his nature, O son of Kunti, even if such work is full of fault. Now, the great Acharyas and the commentators give us a little insight into this. In the material world, the example was given just as a fire is covered by smoke. So when there is a fire, there is some smoke. Similarly, in our material activities, because we're on this plane of existence, because we're conducted by one of the three modes of material nature predominantly, be it goodness, passion, or ignorance, that's our nature. We're an intellectual. We're a leader and a protector of people in society. We're a worker or an agriculturist or we're simply a worker who who serves those other classes. Brahmanas, Kshatriyas, Vaishas and Sudras, four classes. All their endeavors, even the Brahmanas, they don't get away scot free. Even though we chanted the verse, they're truthful, they're clean, they're you know, they have really good qualities. Still, even in their activities, sometimes there's a sacrifice. Sometimes an animal is sacrificed. It's their duty. So even in their activities, there is what you would consider sinful activity. This smoke covers all of our activities on this material plane. That's the analogy that's being given. But where there's smoke, what is there? Fire. Fire. Fire is what? It's pure. If our activities are directed to the supreme, that pure fire will dissipate the smoke and we will get spiritual advancement by conducting our activities without attachment to the fruit and conducting them in consciousness of the supreme. That's the perfection of life. I'll stop there. Any questions? Comments? Well, additions? The I asked yes. About ma'am. The Brahmanas, and you said Dhyabira said that being spiritual is not a prerequisite for Brahmanas. Is that is yes. it, so not all Brahmanas are spiritual? Is, is that the same thing? Yes, there is a class of Brahmanas who who simply want elevation, not that they have the depth of spiritual knowledge. Is this gonna be along the lines of bhaktas? three of those can be brahmanas yeah oh yeah yes ma'am so the brahmanas may still be tinged with some material desire they may not be to the platform of pure spirituality as defined by the great sages specifically uh, let's look to Rupa Goswami's definition what is his definition? pure devotional service it's free of all karma and gyan no desire other than to serve the Lord purely no desire for personal for personal anything so, complete selflessness we can come to that platform of complete spiritual selflessness whether we be a Brahmana, a Kshatriya, a Vaishya, a Sudra. That's what Krishna is pointing to. If you conduct your activities in consciousness of him for his satisfaction, earlier in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna explained, yat karoshi, yat ashnosi, yash johsi, dadasi, yat. All that you do, all that you worship, all that you give away, if you do that as an offering to me, That's perfection. Does that answer your question? Yes. Anyone else? Yes, sir. Oh. You had a point earlier. Okay. We're good. This is some thick stuff here. I mean, this is this is true spirituality here. This is Krishna himself, the Supreme Lord talking about the highest level of spiritual knowledge and that everyone, everyone in all stations of life, life can attain that highest level of spirituality irrespective of the circumstances of their birth, whether it be good or bad, doesn't matter. You can perfect your life if you simply take to this simple program in this age how Nama your time I'll stop there thank you very much how Krishna, Krishna.